You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, this is Bob Hunt with Zion's Hope Ministries, located in Winter Garden, Florida. Zion's Hope is a teaching ministry that reaches out to the world in many ways, including a magazine called Zion's Fire, which is uh, published uh, bi-monthly, and also through many conferences, tours, and videos, which are located on our website at www.zionshope.org. Today, in today's podcast, I'd like to take a look at Daniel's incredible prophecy received from the angel Gabriel through from the Lord. And that's located in chapter 9. Specifically, I'd like to focus in on Daniel 9, verse 24, and look at the purpose and the significance of the 70 weeks that were given to him. Most of chapter 9 is a prayer, Daniel's prayer, for his people as he pours his heart out to God for and on behalf of the Jewish people. His passion, intensity is clearly seen as he pleads with God. He seeks forgiveness for the sins that he has committed, which is amazing since this is righteous Daniel, but not only his own sins, but for the sins of his people. What an example of national prayer this is. I often wonder if we only had the same heart, what our country might look like. Well, by the end of his prayer, the angel Gabriel appears with an answer from God. God's response is a timeline. And this timeline has to do with the Jewish people. It sets forth God's plan for the Jewish people that will extend to the end of the age when sin will be no more and righteousness will prevail. This will only happen with the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at that prophecy and start by reading the scripture. Daniel 9, 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Every student of eschatology is familiar with Daniel's 70 weeks, but look at it closely. It says here these 70 weeks are determined. What does that mean? Simply they mean cut out by God. We could say engraved in stone. Therefore they will happen just as God has said they will happen. Today we look back and see that most of this plan has already happened, just as he said. For Daniel, it's all prophecy. For us, 69 weeks out of the 70 are already history. We wait eagerly for that final week. We also see this prophecy says it's for your people and your holy city. We must never forget as we read this, that this is God's plan for the Jewish people. Oh yes, the Gentile world will be caught up in much of the activity during these 70 weeks, 
but God's focus is on his people. God is not done with his Jewish nation, Israel. Well, these 70 weeks have a purpose seen in this verse, actually six purposes, to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, well, those three right there are regarding sin. Clearly, those three talk about sin's end and the finish of sin and the end of sin. And those will all happen by the end of the 70 weeks. Also, we see that one of these purposes is to bring in everlasting righteousness. Seal up vision and prophecy. Anoint the most holy. Therefore, by the end of these 70 weeks, sin will be dealt with and eternal righteousness will be established forever. Now, this is the Jewish hope. This is our hope. And this will only be fully realized upon the return of Christ, our blessed hope. But why 70 weeks? Often wonder, are they simply arbitrary or do they have some significance? Well, in order to understand the 70 weeks, we need to look at the exile um, that is happening that Daniel is in. Daniel writes in 9.2 that he's talking about, he's reading Jeremiah. He writes, in the first year of his reign, that would be Darius, I, would, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. It's interesting, Daniel's reading scripture. Somehow, he got a copy of Jeremiah's scroll, pretty much a contemporary of Daniel. How did he get it? We don't know. But we do know that he's a student of Scripture. And Jeremiah's prophecy of a 70-year exile is spelled out in the destruction of Jerusalem. He understood that the number of years to be 70. Thus, we conclude a 70-year exile term. Well, there are several passages he could have been reading from Jeremiah, but one in particular draws my interest. Jeremiah 25, verse 8 through 11. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, and against these nations all around. And moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth, and the voice of gladness, the voice in the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the sound of millstones, and the light of the lamp. And this whole land shall be a desolation, and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Starts off with, you have not, you have not heard my words. In other words, they didn't listen to the Lord. Like that's nothing new amongst all of us. Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon will bring the judgment. My servant he's called. He's doing God's work, acting as in that role of acting out his judgment. He names them by name. He tells them who. He tells them what nation. He says what will happen and for how long they will be under this king. Incredible detail. Amazing accuracy. Who else but God can deliver such a word? We see at the end it's, the prophecy is against the land. Can't miss that. The whole land will be a desolation and the people for 70 years. There's the sentence. There's the punishment. Daniel understands the time has come into a close. He's living in an era where most of that 70 years has already occurred. 
going through his mind, I'm sure, is what's next for the Jewish people? But why was the punishment for 70 years? It was based on giving the land its Sabbath year rest. Look at the original Sabbath year rest command as found in Leviticus 25 verses 2 through 4. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of a solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Well, that's the command given to Moses, perhaps 1450 or 1500 B.C. The land shall keep a Sabbath. Six years work the land, then one year of rest for the land. And this is to be done to the Lord. It is an act of trust in the Lord to provide during that one year of rest. Disobeying shows a lack of trust. In other words, disobedience. Well, later in chapter 26 of Leviticus, nestled in a chapter of blessings and punishment, we read verses detailing the consequences of not obeying the Lord, including the Sabbath rest for the land. The consequences for disobedience are seen in chapter 26, verse 33 to 35. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you. Your land shall be desolate, your cities waste. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbath as long as it lies desolate. And you are in the enemy's land. Then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, it shall rest. For the time it did not rest on your Sabbaths when you dwelt in it. Notice God says, I will scatter you. He will remove the people off the land. No more working the land. Your land will be desolate, empty, barren. Then, once that has taken place, the land will rest and it'll have its Sabbaths. It'll have its rest, not tilled, not sown, not reaped. For how long? For the time it did not rest. The connection is made for the amount of time they did not rest the land. This would be the amount of time the land would be desolate. This would be the amount of time the people are scattered and in exile. Well, the fulfillment of the Lord's punishment for disobedience comes quickly. The people did not obey the Lord concerning the Sabbath rest for the land. Therefore, God brought desolation upon the land and he himself would give the land its Sabbath rest. 605 to 586 BC is the time the removal process would take place. It would come in three waves by the nation Babylon or the empire Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. Babylonians would become the empire to scatter Israel at God's command and bring rest. God's long suffering had come to a pivotal point more than 800 years after Leviticus was written. Boy, is God a patient God. He is long suffering before he brings about his punishment. Second Chronicles 36:21 also makes it very clear. It says to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept the Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Well, let's summarize up to this point. Since the Israelites were exiled, 
70 years, it is reasonable to deduce the number of missed Sabbath year rests as 70. Thus, because they missed 70 Sabbath year rests, they would be exiled for 70 years. This would be one exile year for each missed Sabbath year rest. Well, now let's look at Daniel's 70 weeks from a different angle. We'll use Leviticus and Jeremiah. We have connected the 70 years of exile to the 70 missed Sabbath year rests. We can now calculate the total number of years associated with missing 70 Sabbath year rests. Sabbath year cycle is made up of seven years. That would be six working years plus one year of rest, one Sabbath year rest. 70 missed Sabbath year rests times seven years in a cycle yields 490 years. I think that's amazing. This is the exact number of years in Daniel's 70-week prophecy. The connection, I believe, is now made between the exile years and the punishment given and Daniel's prophetic 70-week prophecy of 490 years. Is this a coincidence? Or could there be a deeper connection? There definitely does appear to be a relationship. Well, we can't be dogmatic, but it certainly is intriguing. Well, let's continue and look at what's called the Jubilee. Immediately following the Lord's command to observe a Sabbath year rest, that was found in Leviticus 25, is another command to observe the year of Jubilee. It states, And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years. Leviticus 25, 8. The Lord is setting forth another period of time, this time totaling 49 years. This is comprised of a Sabbath year cycle. Remember, seven years times seven for a total of 49 years. Leviticus 25.11 calls this a year of jubilee. During this year of jubilee, on the Day of Atonement, the trumpet is sounded and liberty is proclaimed throughout the land. A redemption of property is then ordered and debts are forgiven. The Day of Atonement begins a time of repentance and a seeking for forgiveness. It's interesting to note that this seeking of forgiveness is linked to the proclamation of liberty or freedom. Now, returning to Daniel's 70 weeks. Daniel's 70 weeks is 490 years, which would be made up of 10 Jubilee cycles. In other words, 490 years divided by a Jubilee cycle of 49 years leaves us with 10 Jubilee cycles. It's interesting to note that the number 10 in many Jewish writings represents completeness or wholeness. Could the Lord in his prophecy for the Jewish people be telling us that these 490 years will complete their history and God's plan for the Jewish people? It certainly seems like it. Of course, the final Jubilee cycle has been interrupted with a pause. While the blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Romans 11.25. But the final seven years of this last Jubilee cycle of Daniel's 490 years is coming ever closer. 
When the cycle does close and the last seven years is realized, the Jewish people will experience an incredible jubilee like never before. The Lord will grant repentance, forgiveness, redemption, and freedom in a large-scale event as seen in Zechariah 12.10, as God's Spirit is poured out over the people. This could be called the ultimate jubilee, the jubilee of jubilees, as Daniel's 70 weeks, 490 years, and the 10th jubilee cycle all come to a close. Clearly, the six purposes of Daniel's 9.24 come to pass and are fully realized. One last point. When considering the 490 years and its possible link to forgiveness, did Jesus ever allude to this connection? It's fascinating to read Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Did you hear that? 70 times seven. Coincidence? Remember, complete forgiveness or wholeness are seen by many of the Jewish people. Jesus was not limiting forgiveness, but he was broadening it. But did he have Daniel's prophecy of 70 weeks in mind? 490 years, perhaps. A time of complete forgiveness as seen in God's plan for the Jewish people. A time of complete forgiveness we as Christians are to give our brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, in conclusion, we can clearly see the clock is ticking as we wait for that final week of this prophecy to begin. It will be a time of turmoil, suffering, and pain, but God will refine and purge his Jewish remnant and bring them to this ultimate jubilee. The Gentiles and Jews alike will realize salvation at a whole new level. The salvation comes through Christ alone and faith in him alone. In the meantime, I would encourage you, do not sleep. But be awake and stand firm in your faith as we wait for our Savior's return. Amen. And have a blessed day. Until we see you again. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 